Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Really happy to be working with such a great company who have really revolutionized the shaving below the waist game. Guys, we've all been there. Shaving down low has always been a pain, but not anymore with the new Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower. I just got mine last week and wow, I've never felt better down there. It's a waterproof razor so you could use it in the shower. And it also has an LED flashlight, which really is a game changer because it gives you a great view at what you're shaving and it helps you avoid those annoying nicks and cuts. Manscaped is an amazing company and we want you to try it. Now you can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code BABBLE at checkout. So visit manscaped.com and get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you use the code BABBLE. That's B-A-B-B-L-E, BABBLE. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. We are live for the 68th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi, and tonight we got the full crew. It's Andrew, it's G, it's Alex. How are we doing, guys? Not too bad. What's up, man? Well, not much, just, you know, we're recording this November 10th, beginning of the off season. Really, to be honest, not much has happened since our last pod, right? And the Jays signed, re-signed Robbie Ray, and that's basically it. Yeah, honestly, Alex, I don't know how that didn't make front page ESPN. Yeah, really surprising. Robbie yeah. Ray signed. <laughs> Come on, man. What else has happened in the past week in the world that's more important than that, right? Come on. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, yeah, it, I believe as of 20 minutes ago, as of recording this, DJ rejected his qualifying offer. Not shocking at all. We all expected that. But it's now officially official that DJ is a free agent. So we're going to just talking about free agency, talking about a little keep them, dump them with pitchers on the Yankees and some other news around the MLB. You know, Alex Cora got rehired. Uh, AJ Hinch is back. Every, just shit. Shit's happening. All is forgiven. Cheating is OK, I guess. But guys, uh. Where do we want to start? We want to start with DJ. We want to start with free agent targets. So how, what are we feeling? I feel like you got to acknowledge DJ news first. Eh, do we even want that guy back? I mean, no, but we, we, we got to talk about yeah. it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's no surprise in, in him not accepting um, the qualifying offer. Obviously, $19 million or 18.9 is is hefty um, pay for, for one year. Obviously, he wants a long-term commitment and can you blame him? He's going to finish top three in the MVP uh, in back-to-back years. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of teams that, that could use him in, in the lineup, um, not the least of which is us, teams that are, are on the fringe and maybe are looking to spend it the first time. But I think he's got to do whatever it takes to, to retain him. And we, we've said that over and over again. But, um, I mean, he's officially um, a free agent. The only thing that may help our case is that he has draft pick compensation. Obviously, it's not the same as it used to be with the first round pick. Um, but I mean, let's see if that deters teams. I, I can't imagine it will. Yeah. Like you said, Andrew, I think the biggest thing is that DJ has the compensation, the draft pick on it, because if the Yankees hadn't extended a qualifying offer to him, I don't honestly think they would have resigned him because there would have been basically everybody coming after him. But 
you know, all the rebuilding teams and stuff put so much of a um, emphasis on their drafts and stuff. And, and the draft is so short now. It's only what? Yeah, seven, exactly. Right? Well, it was this past year. I don't know how it's going to be for next year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's a big deterrent for some of the like fringe teams that rely on the draft. But um, yeah, I think I don't know. DJ is the type of guy that makes makes every single team better. And you know the Yankees have the advantage because he just spent the last two years there, and he said that he wants to come back and. Hopefully the Yankees also want him back because I can't imagine they wouldn't. But there's 29 other teams out there that would benefit from having him on their team. So I I would like to think the Yankees are going to re-sign him, but I really don't know. I think probably the only thing you really got to worry about is the, 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 the big offer from someone like Steve Cohen, some desperate owner. You know, I think the Yankees absolutely can afford to pay him whatever they, whatever is necessary, even despite what they might have lost during the pandemic. And it's this house, Steinbrenner regime, although they can afford it, they have shown they don't always want to. So I think as long as it's like a reasonable number, he's going to get a raise, even if it's from 12 up to something like 20. But as long as you don't get like an astronomical outrageous outlier of a contract offer from some desperate owner somewhere, then I think they still have a pretty darn good shot. You know, I think they're probably the leader in the clubhouse. There are in the, the, the three year range they're looking at, I would think maybe four is the highest they're willing to go. The big risk is a team comes in at 25 million a year where they I, say, you know what, we'll pay you until you're like 39. Here's a five or six year deal. Um, yeah. I would, I would think if I would think teams are kind of looking like three years with him, but whichever team offers a fourth year is going to really have the, upper hand in the negotiations with him and any team that offers more and more money as a result of that's probably going to do it. But I really can't imagine anyone's going to want to offer DJ a five or six year deal just because he is older and he's only bet he's only had the success that he did with the Yankees for two years. Like on the Rockies, he won a batting title, but other than that, he was just kind of solid. He wasn't a MVP caliber player. So, the last few years, he was really, really good, but teams might look at that and wonder whether or not that's sustainable for the next four or five years and only want to offer him two, three, four-year deals. And I do wonder if teams maybe look at DJ and say, okay, he's been awesome the last two years for the Yankees, but does that have something to do with the fact that he's he's been surrounded by other great hitters? And yes, they've you know obviously the Yankees have had a ton of injuries the past two years so it hasn't always been like that but for the most part he's kind of been surrounded by very good hitters in that lineup and he's hitting in a hitter's ballpark in Yankee Stadium like how many home runs has DJ poked out to right yeah that probably aren't going to be home runs in most stadiums right so yeah, exactly I feel like if maybe some other owners and some maybe kind of like oh is this guy really because I mean how much do online it's saying DJ's market value is right around 23 million a year now with COVID, I don't think this factors in, you know, the COVID aspect of it. I'm maybe he gets a few million uh, a year less than that, but I don't know. I think he gets in that range. I think he probably gets between twenty and twenty-five. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, like I don't, I don't see a team. I don't. Th- I don't think he's going to get mil five five years. Like I don't. I just don't see that. I, I see like teams offering him three, four years. You know, twenty, twenty-five. Maybe a team goes crazy and goes. I don't know, three sixty-five or four ninety or something like that. But yeah, I, I cannot see. I don't know. 
over a hundred million. Because DJ is great, but like, is he a guy that is gonna just he's gonna make your lineup better? But he's not a guy that is a threat to you know hit 40, 50. on like, yeah, I think if you're giving a guy like twenty, if you're giving a hitter twenty five million a year, he probably should be able to hit you know thirty. 40 homers a year like consistently mm-hmm. that's just yeah you know, you're giving a guy that much money unless it's uh, now obviously you have a guy like real muto and that's completely different you know he's real muto is probably in the best situation he could possibly be in right now because it's literally him and james mccann yeah that's he's the, the only, only free agent catcher he's, like, he's only significantly better than even McCann. remotely good free agent catcher on the market it's like if you're looking at just DJ as just as a position player, right? Because obviously DJ could basically play the whole infield. Mm-hmm. You know, DJ's it's like you have DJ and then you have George Springer who could kind of pick your poison there in terms of like who the better signing is. I mean, George Springer is a guy that I feel like in a normal year, I think I think someone said this on one of our last couple pods. But George Springer, if this was a normal non-COVID year, I mean that dude's getting like a hundred plus million. Oh yeah, you know, he's getting a big. I still, th- I still think he's getting over a hundred million. He still might. Yeah, he still might. A team yeah. still might give him that big he's, deal. But he's, he's young enough that I think a, the team that's going to sign him is going to end up splurging to outbid him because I imagine there's a lot of teams that are going after him. My point is, him and DJ, like him, Springer and DJ, are comparable in terms of like mm-hmm. assets. Where Real Muto just isn't. He's the only great catcher on the market, so yeah. he's going to get big money because of that. I think you can get even even more granular. I mean, you're comparing DJ to Springer. I mean, you're talking about a center fielder who can anchor an outfield for the next decade versus a middle infielder. And well, Springer, Springer is 31, so I want to know about next decade. But <laughs> well, all right, eight nine years around yeah, it. But, but, but just look at the infield alone, right? There's Marcus Simeon, there's Didi Gregoris, there's Justin Turner, uh, there's tons of infielders, right? So DJ yeah. is, is a more replaceable position, um, not replaceable in terms of what he provides to a lineup. But if you're talking about options, um, value well, for dollars spent, like if, if you set on, out on DJ, it's not the end of the world for them. Right. If, if you need a catcher spend. and you're willing to spend and you don't get real Muto, your options are, you're going to like, well, we got to move money. We're going to spend money somewhere else because yeah. we can't get that kind of value yeah. to catcher. And yeah. like if, the, if the Phillies miss out on real Muto and don't resign him, they're going to have to use that money to go somewhere else to essentially replace the value that he provided them because Losing out on Real Muto is a huge hit to that team that already is about as fringe playoff as you can possibly get. Whereas DJ, say he signs somewhere else, the Yankees, it obviously be a huge blow to them, but they can look to the other infielders like Semyon and Didi and Simmons, like you said, Andrew, and you know hope to plug the gaps where teams with teams in on Real Muto won't be able to do that because. What are they going to do? Replace him with James McCann, who is about as average as you can possibly get. I think the big problem for, for the Yankees is if you ultimately miss out on um, re-signing DJ. Like, like let's say he goes to well, worst case scenario would be a team like the Mets or the Red Sox, right? There, that those are the the, the two hot names today. Um, but I mean, at that point, do you maybe just switch up your you're in field. I mean, there's a lot of rumors that, well, if DJ's gone, maybe you slide, um, you know, Glaber over to second base, and then you probably got to get a left-handed hitting shortstop, and then you know, obviously people are going to make the DD connections. I mean, I I think the Yankees would be okay with an all right-handed hitting infield. And we've talked about this on previous pods, assuming that 
it's the same infield we had last year, right? If you go around the horn, Geo, Glaber, DJ, Voight, I think you're comfortable with that. But yeah, that's that's if, a that's a solid infield. You take DJ out, maybe you say maybe we we want some balance. Yeah. No, and I I really think. Like I just have a gut feeling that if DJ signs somewhere else, the Yankees are going to pivot and sign Didi again, because that just it as much as you know it's just the easy way out. It makes a lot of sense. And I know Andrew, you're I, I see Andrewton Simmons before I see Didi. I don't I don't know. I'm not really sure if they so. go down the DD route again. I don't know why. I just Simmons just, just isn't a great hitter, and he's Simmons right. Is, he's right-handed. Simmons is not a good hitter, yeah, but he I has a whiz defensively. I've just heard Simmons. As the chief DD supporter of this podcast, I would say that there's definitely like a heads and a tails to that because he had a bunch of clutch hits. He's exceptional defensively, but like if you want to look at like postseason failures the last couple of years, when he was bad, he was just as bad as like any hitter, you know, in the lineup. So when if you were looking to switch it up, going back to DD is probably not the switch up they'd be looking for if if D, if if DJ leaves that is like he'd be an upgrade over what Glaber was defensively at shortstop last year but like if you're looking to change up the makeup of your lineup DD's probably not what you're looking for see but that's the exact reason I would think they would go to DD because if they're trying to replace DJ DD's a good combination of both you know offense and defense where Andrelton Simmons is 100% defense and not little offense. Someone like Marcus Semyon is kind of an unknown because like defense offense, you know, for, well, for the I mean, most he part. had a, yeah, that one he crazy top, year. He oh, had, yeah, he, exactly. He had a top three MVP year in 2019 and this year, 2020, he was just kind of okay. Right. So I would not want, you know, Marcus Semien, because you, like, you don't know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, it's like, hey, I had one great year. My other four years have kind of just been just, eh, offensively. Exactly. In terms of Didi, he did speak about this recently, and I think his basic gist of it was like, you know, he'd be down, but he didn't really think the Yankees would be down to bring him back, which, well, I mean, which it's hardly a rave sense, review, I... but, like, that's, you know, I guess the fact that he's open to it at all is, you know, leaves the possibility there, like. Yeah. See, I almost, I almost interpret that as he knows that he's not going to be the Yankees' number one, number one, you know, op, op, option because the Yankees should hypothetically be focusing on DJ, and if they miss out on him, then I think they'll pivot to Didi. But Didi knows that if the Yankees win the I mean, bidding for DJ, they're not going to resign. Didi because then there's no reason to. Oh, he was on uh, WFN with uh, Moose and Maggie like two weeks ago. And was he said really? just that. They, they asked him, like, you yeah. know, what, what are your thoughts on, on Gary? Is he going to hit again? You know, what are your thoughts with, with Glaber defensively? Um, if DJ leaves, would you um, have an option to go back? He's like, I think they're too committed to Glaber. I, I don't think there's a spot for me right there. He, he basically just laid it all out. Um, yeah. So I think he, in his mind, um, would be open to it. But I think he he's pretty set on the fact that he's not going to be returning to the Yankees. I'll well, tell you a I, name that's that, a that, that, mind, that that's a good mindset for him, just because you don't want to be as a you know just as a person, you don't want to be thinking the entire time. I really want to be someone's backup. Me. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I really hope the Yankees sign me, and then when they don't, you don't want to be fixated on one team 
and then have it be February and everyone's set with their teams. And then you're stuck, you know, just focusing on that one team. You want to have options and be ready for whatever team comes along. So if. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a, a name that, that it hasn't been kicked around at all, but I've been thinking about it um, over the past few days. Uh, I mean, Mike Trout. Obviously, yep. No, Mike Trout, of course. Um, <laughs> That'd be a solid get. Num- number one. Number one priority is, is bring back DJ. But if you're unable to do that, um, rather than pivot uh, and move uh, Glaber to second and then find a shortstop, you know what's available? And there's really no reason why they should be because, um, I mean, it's going to, it's a tough year where teams are not willing to pay for, for pretty decent talent. And he got mm-hmm. cut. Colton Wong is a free agent. I mean, he, he's, a, yeah, he's an it, exceptional yeah, defender and he gets blown at second I've base. I've heard that name kicked around a lot. I, I, he makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't hate that at all. I honestly, Colton Wong is the exact type of player I am like expecting the Red Sox to sign. Yeah, unfortunately, he, he fits that profile perfectly. It's pretty speedy, exactly. makes some some mental mistakes, but they'll they'll take the upside kind of thing. Has the like mentality that you can just see him absolutely destroying the Yankees for a few years. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like Pedro Siriaco. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Wow, that's a he name. He was like a completely garbage hitter and just hit like 400 against the Yankees. Yeah. Well, was okay, 2013 something like that. Like Mike Zanino. 2012. That was that was that was Bobby Valentine area. Whoa. <laughs> Some, so my gut tells me, and I don't know why, but my gut tells me that if the Yankees don't re-sign DJ, that they have they know they have like something planned. Mm-hmm. Like, right, they're just not going to resign DJ and be like, all right, well, DD, Angelton Simmons. Yeah. Uh, like, like I, I don't see them do it. If they do that, then we're a poverty franchise and we don't ever deserve to they're, be serious. The, yeah, that's the thing. You I, know? The Yankees like, are already they're a trade in the works. Or something yeah, on the back it's, it's most likely name is obviously Lindor. Right. Like, yeah. that's like, obviously, he's a free agent after 2021, but I figure if they trade for him, they probably have something under the table saying, hey, like, you know, you're going to sign with us long term. But I don't know. Like they, it could be someone else. Um, I, I, I hate to sound like L.I. Yankee King, but I really would like Jock Peterson on the Yankees. Oh like that would, God. like that would be just a really nice get. Crazy, uh, just another outfielder. Garbage in the regular season. Alex, we need guys who are garbage in the regular season and good in the postseason. Because right post-season now, heroes. Bunch, we just have a bunch of guys that are good in the regular season and not good in the postseason. No, but seriously, I, I wouldn't mind getting Jock Peterson. I wouldn't. I, mean, I, I, like I guess game. I wouldn't either. I just, I just like, le- I just like lefty bats on the Yankees. You know, it's just. I mean, that's, yeah, that's they what they're I mean, they, they cutting Cochran, right? I mean, that's that's the that's the spot he occupies. I mean, can you? Or, I, I mean. If they just maybe, because I don't know, with Guardy, what if they just say, you know what? Enough with Guardy. Like, we <laughs> need, like, a, we need a bat off the bench. Like, Jeez, need, paradise. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, my, like I said, my gut tells me that if they don't re-sign DJ, it's not going to be for, to sign DD or Colin Wong. or It's, it's probably going to be for a big name. Or at least it should be. Under the assumption that House Storm Vinner doesn't, Say like, all right, we're making like one okay move, and then we're just packing it in because we lost too much money. Which I don't think you will, but I mean, we can have nightmares I, about it. I would love if we went just all in on bullpen because 
our bullpen was supposed to be. I just had a video play on my computer that was unexpected. But anyways, <laughs> our bullpen was supposed to be just our best aspect of our team, right? And it really just obviously it had a lot to do with Canley, a lot to do with injuries. But like we were saying last episode, like Johnny Lasagna was one of our like our fourth best, fifth best bullpen guy towards the end of the season. Like yeah. uh, that's, that best, or he was on the pecking it, it was. It well, wasn't like, even the best. Was, you know, fourth or fifth on like the pecking order is what I meant. You know? Yeah, like, he, he he was up there. Like he was way too far up there. Is my point. So I don't know. Even if we want to go after Hendricks but... and try, like, there's a lot of really good bullpen guys. We'll, yeah. we'll go through the list, but there's like at least ten guys that I would wouldn't mind the Yankees getting. I'd be happy with the Yankees getting. Well, we uh, mentioned this a couple couple pots ago. I mean, that's how the Rays, you know, made it as far as they did, right? I mean, they hit more home runs or I should say a higher percentage of their runs were scored in the postseason on home runs than us. Right. So yeah. they were truly a home run or bust team. But when bus. you have the bullpen arms to back it up and put up zeros and wait for that home run to come through, that works. That's a way you can win in the postseason. We tried to do that home run or bust. And when we weren't getting the home runs, we would then throw out a guy like Jonathan Holder or Adam Adovino or Jonathan Lasagna who would give up a run. And now, now you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. The problem with the Yankees in the regular season was the fact that, or in the playoffs was the fact that they, we're trying to almost emulate the Rays and use a bunch of different guys out of the bullpen, but then they'd burn them out in the process. And you can't have, you know, Britain and Chapman and Green pitching three days in a row because those are their, in the, towards the end of the ALDS, those are the only reliable guys the Yankees had in their bullpen. Because, you know, the, Ottavino lost all trust towards the end of the season where the Ray and the Rays had basically you know six or seven guys they could bring out there and they could trust to be effective every single time they were out there with the Yankees if it was someone not named Cole Green Britain Chapman or it's pretty much it yeah that's basically <laughs> it it was stressful having anyone else out there because you just didn't know man Ottavino lost all all trust at the end of last year. He didn't have shit coming into this year as far as I'm concerned. Like, I mean, I think even before the Camely injury, like, you could look at the bullpen, you know, especially since, like, Dellen was hurt and then he had left. Like, he was such an, an absolutely huge piece in the bullpen that, like, losing a guy that was that automatic just, you know, obviously that was huge. But, like, Adovino is getting paid pretty good money and he's just been trash, like... And um, I mean, let's, it was not, definitely... let's not go that far. Ottavino was not trash until He's the had... very end of 2019. Ottavino has had some terrible stretches, just absolutely yeah. awful. But I wouldn't I mean, say he's been underachieved majorly for how much we're paying him. But I'm not, yeah. he hasn't been absolutely awful. He's been bad, but I he hasn't been like, right, the so I'll go based. Look, I mean, he pitched, he was able to actually pitch in a game he was completely unusable in last year's postseason to the like tune of bring him in for one batter that batter would reach base and then they would immediately take him out like he wasn't yeah, that, that, that was actually bad, that was actually kind of like, hysterical <laughs> yeah he wasn't that level of bad but he was not nine million dollars or even approaching that level of good like it's this isn't even all to just try like just repeatedly trash adam Adovino. it's just the fact that like the bullpen wasn't as good or you know deep the, the, as the you might think it was coming into this year 
as it was in previous years, and I feel like no, I, COVID, I, whatever else, there's only so much they could have really did about it. I get what you're saying. Like, Adovino being what he is really affects our bullpen because we were relying on him to be one of our main guys. And he's yeah, it's like an expectation versus reality thing. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think, I don't know about you guys, I, Liam Hendricks, probably the best bullpen arm in this free agent class. Yeah, I would. I think Liam Hendricks would be the type of guy that the Yankees would, should be very interested in. Yeah. yeah. Because he's he was unbelievable this year, and he's the type that can throw more than one inning. Yeah, I was and about to say, like, a guy that obviously he's been the A's closer, but, mm-hmm. I mean, how often have we seen just Liam Hendricks go two, three innings and just look fine? Exactly. Right? I'm pretty I sure mean, Oakland used him in – Game three of the wild card series against the White Sox after he threw 50 pitches in game yeah, two of the wild card series. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we talked about him too. He's been so the, consistent. Um, I was going to say, we talked about him in like pre show, but Brad Hand, if he's willing to not be a closer, is available. Yeah. yeah Brad, Brad, Brad Hand's another one. Like Luigi was saying, there's so many good, there's so many either good or solid relievers out there that I mean you can even go deeper and not even get you know name brand guys and and, you know hope there's there's people with some upside right yeah I mean I'm looking at this list guys like I'm looking at guys who are like under 30 right so like Keone Kella he had um a a brief moment as what the Rangers closed and then kind of flamed out with Pittsburgh he has really good stuff obviously wild as hell but he has some really good stuff yeah I mean there's there's guys if you go down this list right I mean so um, I mean, I don't want a guy like Heath Hembry, right? But I mean, oh, ooh, like, no. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no one who has ever been any of those garbage Red Sox bullpens. But I mean, what if you even do something weird like Steve Ciszek, right? Or um, who's another like soft throwing person who gets out? Oh, Ali Perez, right? I mean, like you really right? you don't want Ali Perez on the team? No, God, no. I'm just, I'm just. How old is he now? You know, like, I think he's like 43. He's definitely like 30 80 years old. Maybe <laughs> Shane Green's available, but even a guy like uh, even a guy like Brandon Kinsler, he, he's been pretty solid over the last yeah. four or five years. I wouldn't mind the Yankees went out and got him. Yeah, he's been on like four different teams the last five years. Yeah, he was on the Marlins this year. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good for them. Well, you don't want Pedro Baez to God, come in and give no. up bombs in the in the postseason. I want nothing to do with Pedro Baez because he Good takes God, five minutes to throw everything. <laughs> if, G th- if G thinks it's stressful watching Zach Britton, he's going to fall asleep watching Pedro Baez. Dude, it's not stressful. It's fucking annoying. Like, Okay. My, 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 my point stands, though. You're going to think it's annoying watching Pedro Baez. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. She thinks it's annoying to watch Zach Britton and his 1.8 ERA pitch. Like, uh, just how awful. Yeah. Like, I. Too many guys. All right. That's but all. gee, that's his that's, thing, though. Like, only, he stays out of the. If he was, if he didn't walk as many guys, he'd give up more hits and he'd give up more runs. Like, he knows he could afford to walk a guy because he probably only has to get three outs, and he has confidence in his stuff that he could just get guys out. Also, with only Britain, up if five he walks a guy, all he has to do yeah. is just give it, get a grounder from the next guy, which yeah. he's very good at doing, and I mean, then he gets look, a double play. This is like a major first world problem type of complaint. Like It's just <laughs> like, oh, this guy who's good enough to be the closer on like 27 other teams. That's why we're making isn't quite as isn't quite nearly as good when, when they introduce when they like, introduce it's a that. stupid complaint. I will firmly, firmly <laughs> acknowledge that it's a stupid complaint. 
when they introduced Zach Britton at the All Star game, G just like whispers this person next to him, like, I fucking hate watching this guy. I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I, I would, there's so many guys on this list that I would just be so happy if the Yankees got, like, honestly. Brandon Kidd. Like just in general, for, well, for the bullpen, obviously, but like, just in general for the team, like, I don't know, predicting that a lot of teams are going to, their wallets closed, you know, they're not going to want to spend. We talked last time about how a bunch of guys who wouldn't otherwise expect to get cut had gotten waived. Like, if the Yankees are willing to just spend, like, I feel like this is the year that where they should just, like, say fuck it and take the loss or take whatever they're going to take and just go for it because other teams are going to be... a really good point. Like but really I think bullshit. the Yankees can can benefit in that they don't have to go top shelf with that spending, right? There's so many players that should have a spot. Like we mentioned, guys, like Colton Wong. Like, why the hell did he get cut? Why the hell did Brad, Brad Hand get cut? Right? There's a lot of mid tier guys that, that teams don't want to pay for. Um, well, I, I think he had an option, right? A, a reasonable option that the Cardinals didn't pick up. Then the point is that oh, there's yeah, there, there's yeah, he did. There's a lot of good players that don't make a ton of money, but the teams were still cheap enough that they didn't want to pay them going to next year that the Yankees, they don't even have to go, you know, bargain bin hunting, right? They could just take off like the B tier. You don't have to go top shelf with, and, and add a lot of talent for a reasonable dollar amount. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to spend 40, $50 million um, in added uh, salary this year? Potentially, but you can get three or four guys for that. You know, instead of 35 on one, two guys, they can get DJ, and three relievers instead of DJ million, and, yeah. you know, one and you know instead of dj and trevor bauer yeah, exactly just like hey kinsler here's five million uh oh yeah. uh, trevor rosenthal here's a couple million like whoever just <laughs> right like, you want two million like yeah, yeah exactly like if and hey if one or two of them doesn't hit whatever you know we're not tied we're not like paying these guys 10 15 million a year right they're yeah. not making out of you no money right yeah because like the yankees I do think there's a big chance, like, because how many young starting pitchers over the last year or two have we seen debut for the Yankees, right? The Schmitz and the Devi. Like, they might just say, like, hey, we could have one or two of these guys in our rotation. You know, if Sevy comes yeah. back, you have Gumby. Like, so I really do think that, like, obviously, at, after last year, you got Cole. So he's in your rotation for the next decade, pretty much. I really think they're going to go hard after bullpen and kind of stack that bullpen again like they did a few years ago. Because they, I really do think it kind of blindsided the Yanks a bit this year. When they were reviewing the team, they probably said, man, like, our bullpen just wasn't that good. Like, we thought yeah. our bullpen was, like, one of the best in baseball over the last few years. And this year, it kind of was just, obviously, short in year, COVID, weird. But our bull, their bullpen was not that good this year. No. Yeah, I mean, they did get cucked by a, a lot of stuff, though, right? No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and, and again, they, they got hit by not really having that much depth in their bullpen where they had a bunch of guys, but oh, no, they had depth. I mean, you forget a guy like Domingo no, Herman would have been in that bullpen too. And he was suspended. No, you know, you know what I mean? Where I'm saying they have the depth in, you know, physical people in the bullpen, but not in effectiveness because you have got, you know, they had guys like Nick Nelson on the playoff roster who had like a five, five ERA this year. Right. No, I'm, I'm saying, I think that's a product of the best guys um, that would have, you know, lined up there all being out for, you know, either injury or suspension reasons, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you put Severino in that, in that rotation, uh, maybe you take someone out. I mean, maybe we don't have that debacle in game two, right? You don't have, 
that whole um, Debbie Hep crap in game two against the Rays, and maybe you just have Debbie in the bullpen, right? I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff. We we, we lost top end of our of our depth chart, and that's why we had to slide everyone else up rather than yeah, not having Severino and Canley and Herman really, yeah. really did hurt. That's or Paxton. And Paxton too, yeah. Paxton's another one, yeah. They lost so much of their high end talent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In, in the Yankees and injuries, name a better duo, right? Ooh. Um Andrew and the Bachelor. <laughs> the Bachelorette for for you. Oh yes, true. Come on, man. Hit it right. Um so yeah, we'll be talking more about free agency in the coming episodes, right? As things come out, but yeah, um, there, there's a lot of solid guys out there, but a lot of them might not get paid because of COVID, right? So We'll be right back with more Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. But just wanted to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use code Babble and get 20% off when you purchase something from Manscaped.com. That's code Babble, B-A-B-B-L-E, to get 20% off your Manscaped order. Manscaped, your balls. Well, thank you. Tough world. Um, some other news and notes around baseball. Uh, the Yankees have a new double A and single A team. Um, this was kind of a uh, kind of surprising. Uh, obviously, there's the minor league teams are going from 160 teams to 120 teams with COVID. Very sad. A lot of a lot of really good you know teams and organizations just being shut down. But yeah, the Yankees. Let me uh, get this. Let me look this up so I get it right. The Yankees have two new minor league teams, and one is named the Patriots. And I'm not sure how I feel about that, guys. I don't feel great about that. What's the hashtag they're using? Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, I'm just like I saw that. I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Wait, wait. What is it? Patriots and pinch stripes. Somerset Patriots. That's odd. Oh no, I know the Patriots. It's the Somerset Patriots and the Hudson Valley Renegades. Yeah, yeah. Hudson Valley. I mean, where are where do the Renegades play? Are they um, they're like Westchester County? Is that where that is? Yeah. And the Patriots have a nice setup out there. It's it's a nice ballpark. I've been to I've been to the I actually interviewed for a job at the Hudson Valley field last year, and it's actually a pretty nice field. Yeah. The yeah, yard goats got so the yard goats signed him in free agency over Hudson Valley. <laughs> I, was, I was picking between those two, and then yeah. the yard goats. He, he had the the yard goats hat and the Hudson Valley hat on the table. So the Renegades replace what Staten Island? Yes, or yeah. Charleston. They're single A, and the Patriots are double A. Yeah, I was um, gonna say Staten Island went to like high A or something. Like I thought they Staten changed. Island, up, I don't but... think Staten Island got like. Picked for oh, Tampa. Tampa went to high A, right? No, Tampa's is low A. Hudson Valley is high A. So mm-hmm. um, the Charleston River Dogs are gone. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, Tam- Yankees, Tampa affiliate will shift from high single A designation to low single A. They'd be like, like consolidating yeah, all of their minor league affiliates either right where their um, like minor league facilities are or where their facilities are in florida or immediately surrounding their area around like up here <laughs> it's a bummer though that uh with trenton being gone yeah they got pretty uh, blind. The, it sounded like they the got rookie pretty the bad dog all that affiliation that's all gone yeah it's a bunch of bullshit rookie's the best yeah they got uh <laughs> yeah they got uh what do you call it they got pretty blindsided by that they came out there like yeah. yeah we had no idea this was happening did you see they literally found uh, out i think it was the Mets thing on twitter i think the mets single layer 
double A team tweeted that today. They're like, did we just find out that we got cut via Twitter? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> what? That the fact that teams did that, the Yankees and the Mets and probably other teams did that is so unprofessional. Yeah. That's that's like going into work and finding out that someone else is working your job and then going to your boss and be like, what's this? And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you don't work here anymore. It's like finding out you don't work here and like your uh, work group text. Like, yeah, now that uh, Matt's not here, it's like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what was the uh, I don't know if this is actually what what happened, but I remember uh, there was a joke. um, Someone who got. Their key card, I think it was a Jets player. They showed up to the facility. Oh yeah, no, that was Jamal work. Adams. That, it was just a, it was just key card not working. But yeah. it was he was it wasn't when he was traded, right? It was just the yeah, no. not working. Mm-hmm. Okay, that came like a huge meme. Like oh, when this guy goes to the facility tomorrow, his key card your card's just gonna stop working. Yeah, yeah. Because that shit does happen. Like that's how security that, guard that's waves him in. Everyone's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And you get to the door, and they're like, oh yeah, J.K. Oh, by the way, hey, sorry, forgot to mention. (laughs) That is apparently how most guys like in NF who are like, you know, trying to make NFL rosters find out that they got cut. Like their keys just stopped work. I'm like, damn, that's a cold way to find out. Yeah. But yeah, so pretty shitty by the Yankees, if we're being honest. Um, Like, I'm already, you know, it's, you know, business. Obviously, you move on from things. But man, when you, the, when Staten Island just tweets out, like, we were unaware of the final decision and learned about it by reading the statement on Yankee social media. Like, that's shitty. Like, that's that's not how you do business. That's not how you treat people who yeah. have, like, been, like, you know, part of the Yankees organization for so long. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Staten Island was, was working with um, de Blasio, right, to to make, like, right. improvements in the stadium, to, yeah. to, you know, upgrade the facilities and everything, and all of a sudden uh, they had no affiliation, even though they had yeah. all this infrastructure and, planned out. And a little tidbit, obviously, I'm going to get, you know, you guys are like, oh, who cares, Luigi? But, you know, when I was growing up, I played travel baseball, and my coach was like oh a huge Yankees My coach was a huge Yankees fan, and our team name was the Thunder, and it was because of, like, the Trenton Thunder. And we had, like, our uniforms were, like, basically very similar to the Trenton Thunder, and we had, like, the same logo. So, yeah, kind of shitty, you know? Wait, like Luigi, where did where did you play this travel ball? Um, the Gulf of Mexico, but <laughs> yeah, just I don't know, man. I was done still shit. Florida. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, because uh, because Luigi, Luigi lives in Florida. What else do you want to talk about? Oh yeah, guys, Alex Cora, <sighs> like time well served. Like, you know what's so funny about this shit, man? It's the fact that like they got suspended for they suspended him for one year and it was the COVID year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and same with Hinch. Same with Hinch too. That's like getting suspended. That's like having like you know like suspending the best player on a football team for the game they play like the Division two school. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh shit! Like what are we gonna do without this guy? We're only gonna win by fifty points now. You mean like college? college football in general where they're like oh you fucked up you get suspended for the first half of one game yeah i mean like that's yeah that's just an unranked opponent (laughs) they call that the old bobby bowden bobby bowden always used to do that but yeah i mean it's just i don't know man i mean look look, the red sox i think the betting odds for alex cora being the next red sox manager was like plus 130 and i don't know like how like it was obvious he was going back to boston like that no, was the, most the thing, the thing that I think is hysterical is how every Red Sox fan is acting like 
you know, the Red Sox back World Series team where it's like, okay, Alex Cora is not going to completely change the way this team is going. Yeah, like this isn't you guys football where he's going to be like Chris Sale hasn't pitched stars. in a year and a half. Did you forget that your best player is no yeah. longer there? Like Eduardo Rodriguez missed this entire season because of COVID problems. Their two best their two best starters are unknowns for next year and Nathan Avaldi is Nathan Avaldi. Mhm. They have oh by the way, did we mention Mookie Betts isn't there? <laughs> oh, and they also have literally yeah. no bullpen at all. They don't have yeah. a rotation. Mookie Betts isn't yeah, there. They have no pitching. But you know, they're ma- the manager that they won a World Series with and then missed the playoffs with guys is back. Just think of the cap flexibility. Well, mm. look, here here's what scares <laughs> me because this is what the Red Sox did in 2012, right? Remember, they, they shipped off um, Adrian Gonzalez and what Nick Punto and Carl yeah. Crawford and a bunch of other guys to, and, to the Dodgers. They gutted their payroll, and then they just signed a bunch of guys Trey like Nichols. Mike Napoli and Shane Victorino. I know Alex's favorite Red Sox, Shane Victorino, who was good yeah. for absolutely no reason, and they won the World Series the next year, right? So, I mean, that yeah. potential is there. Obviously, yeah, I don't the think thing, they have the enough. Thing, the thing is, I don't think that's going to happen because – You can't buy an entire – 2013 Red Sox team should never be used as already a had committed to. That's the thing. They were trading away contracts they had already signed where, with bets, they were trading away – One they didn't want to sign. One they didn't want to sign. One they didn't want to pay the money for. So well, it's not like they saved a – they saved $100 million – they just save future money. Well, just think about it. If they had him on the cap right now for, for $32 million a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, or whatever best is, how little flexibility it would have this offseason. Because they still have J.D. Martinez, too. No, I yeah. was just like, I was saying yeah. before, Alex, 2013 Red Sox team should never be used as a baseline for winning a World Series. Because that was just pure The flukiest like fluke ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like every guy on that team was just like, well, next year, yep, they're out of the league. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, Brian Dempster, yeah, like John Lackey. Like, literally 70% of it. You can't use John Lackey. He pitched for like four years after that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but he was never really <laughs> well. good. He wasn't well. bad. Uh, he, no, he, he was did. very good in 2013. He was, that was my point. He was, on, he was on that mound for a few years after yeah. that. <laughs> he certainly was a professional yeah. pitcher for a time there. Um, Guys, the best moment of John Lackey's career is when he got ejected like two pitches into the game. Yeah. He, he also won a World Series, G. No, 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 he didn't. Shut up. Funniest moment, A.G. should have Oh, okay. I mean, I would say, like, the thing about Alex Cora, like, I'm not even mad. Like, obviously, he's a good manager, and it's the rivalry and all that nonsense. Like, Wait, wait, Alex, did you say John Lackey won a World Series? Yeah. He won three. <laughs> you get my point, though. <laughs> um, wait, he, did he win? Was it, was it four, actually? No, three. No, no wait. There's, there's no. I will put my life savings on John, John Lackey not being a four-time World Series. Champion. No, it was the Angels in 2002, Red Sox in 2013, and then the Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. I didn't know if he was on uh, the the Cardinals when they won, but no, he was still with Boston. No, he, at that was, point. No, he was on. Uh, he was on the Red Sox then. Yeah, because the Cardinals won 2011. <laughs> yep, and that's the year he blew out his elbow. Yeah, hmm. that's a that's definitely a thing I remember. <laughs> Yeah, because if you look at his like baseball ref, he just says Red Sox 2010, 2011, and then like 2013, 2014. You're like, oh, yeah, wow, he didn't even pitch in 2012. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Alex I mean, Cora back in the Red Sox. Go and figure. didn't they didn't they bring back their their video scout who was who was doing all the cheating that they got Probably. caught for? That yeah, that's, no, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, like, I don't know. It, it, it's 
I'm like going back and forth between being mad about it and not. And I'm like, if anything, you should still just be mad at like Major League Baseball because if they don't give a yeah. shit about suspending him, then why wouldn't the Red Sox not give a shit about hiring him back? You basically, Honestly, baseball you basically just told him to get lost. Like, if you're going to be mad at anyone, don't be mad at the Red Sox for hiring someone who they're eligible to hire. Just be mad at baseball for fucking up the punishment. No, that's exactly right. You can't get mad at the Red Sox for taking advantage of MLB for giving out a shitty punishment. Like, yeah. the Red Sox lost their ma- the manager that they loved and won, you know, had one of the best teams of the 20th, 21st century. And, and they punted on a COVID-shortened season that they had no talent on the roster anyway. Exactly. And just brought him back. And just brought him back. Yeah, they knew they were not going to do anything. No repercussions. Yeah, there was literally nothing wrong with it because they knew they weren't going to do anything this year. They went, okay, 2020 is the last year. Bring him back in 2021 and then build a new team, build a team around him and the core of like Devers and Bogarts and and what happened to Ron Renicky? Did they bring him back <laughs> as bench coach? Devers, Bogarts, and uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, honestly. I know I don't think they brought Renicky back. I think he's at least not yet. <laughs> um, let's uh, we were gonna we were gonna do a star him dumper dump him for pitching pitchers, but. Shows are a little do. late, so uh, I was gonna say let's save episode. that for next episode because this uh, went let's, longer. Let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap up with uh, that uh, Tony Larusa news. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I really, really wanted him to win Manager of the Year because how funny would it have been for the White Sox manager from last year that they fired to win Manager of the Year the same day the new manager they hired got a DUI? Yeah, that would be kill me. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Is it true that like I saw something where like Tony Larusa when he got pulled over said like did you see do you see my ring is that true or is I'm that a world I think he I said think I'm a Hall is. of Famer oh my like, god drunk he says I'm a Hall of Fame baseball person like I'm a Hall of Fame <laughs> I mean all right so the Tony Larusa signing is shaping up to be a good old fashioned it's off to a hot start like it's off to a terrible start it's off to a good old, it's it's really shaping up to be a really intriguing dumpster fire but i, mean, I yeah. mean it can't be worse than the mets hiring carl's beltran only for him to get swept up in the astros scandal and yeah, then after fire him a couple bad. weeks later it's it's look it's jerry reinsdorf and he's had some shit go on so good old good old jerry yeah like it's like hey you know what you have a young hotshot team and Lots of fun young players, show some emotion, hit a bunch of home runs, etc. Like, and they hired pretty much the worst possible manager for that team. So yeah. it's, hiring, it's, it's I Jerry. still it's Jerry. even if the White Sox like make the playoffs next year and have a good team, which I would imagine they, you know, are in the playoff race. I still will never understand that because this is a team of a bunch of young players who, like, their oldest starter I think was. Jose Abreu, and he's like late 31. 20s, early 30s. <laughs> and we yeah. haven't even talked about how awkward it is that he's like very outspoken about the kneeling, and he's got like a lot of black stars on that team that are, yeah. I mean, that already is a very bad, you know, That's cocktail waiting great. to explode. Like that, that does, I, I don't, what, what are they thinking when they thought that? Like, yeah, like hey, let's team. bring in a guy who, who openly doesn't support what a lot of our players stand for. Like, what are yeah, you thinking? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can tell... didn't, um, La Russa didn't even like reach out to any of the players either. No. Kind of, um, Tim Anderson saying, yeah, I'm, w- I'm waiting for him to, you know, reach out to me. As that's that's a great look. 
Yeah, that's not a very good look. He, you, he's you probably doing that whole like oh. to reach out to you. If you're trying to make a good impression as a new manager, you got to reach out to your to your new players, the stars of your team. You can't just be okay. Yeah, I'm here, and I'm just going to wait for everyone to say hi to me. You got to step right. up because take the initiative. You say we're burying the hatchet right now. This isn't going to be an issue. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, you know, do our job. Yeah, exactly. That's all you got to say. Unless you're got that big head, like I'm the Hall of Famer, I'm the champion manager, I have X thousand whatever wins, like they'll come to me because well, he's well, probably I mean, still stuck in some like antiquated, like player manager relationship, you know, idea from like ten years ago. That's just not how the sport works. It's anymore. just like, ego. Look, I'm I'm looking at the article right now that Jeff Passan wrote about his DUI, and here's a direct quote that he said when he got pulled over by cops. He said. Well, they tried to give him um, a breathalyzer, right? He said, I will not comply with your tests. I don't trust it, brother. And he's part a speech. He was driving. Did he fall asleep at the wheel or was that his last DUI? I was his third one. It's not great that you have to ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) Which DUI was it now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I just find it amazing how, and this. Like, you know, we're me, Andrew, and Jira, all Giants fans, so this applies to, to Dave DeGettleman. Okay. It really seems like some of these GMs, or most of these, a lot of these GMs, it's like they're watching, the, they're like 10, 15 years behind in the sport. Either that or it's, they're just looking for drama. Yeah, like... like they want to make headlines. Like with Dave Gettleman, the Giants, it's like this dude is literally thinks he's in two, 2004 football, like with the way he, like, gets guys. You know what I'm saying? It's like with... With Jerry Reisendorf, it's like this dude's probably like, oh, Tony La Russa, oh, we want him. It's like, bro, this guy hasn't fucking managed a baseball game in almost a decade. Like, yeah. he's a 76-year-old man. Like, the game has changed so much it's in like, these 10 years. When, when you do like, shit like that, you're not outsmarting people. Like, like, there's a reason that no one has called Tony La Russa like, in nine years. It's like, guys, because it, the shit has passed him by. Like, Think of how baseball looked in, like, 2013 compared to now in terms yeah. of analytics. and st- It's night and day. And he's just like I, Tony Larusa. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Larusa had no idea what exit velo was. Just had like <laughs> no idea what it was. Like, what's that? It's like, oh, it's how you know the velocity off the bat. It's oh, like, but oh, but how's his how batting average? Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter. Oh, batting like, average doesn't matter he, either. Yeah, but, it's like, can you know, he get the bunt down? Well, someone will mention um, like batting average on balls in play, and Joe will go, "What? What was that batting average? Oh, yeah, yeah. How is that? Yeah, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> if he doesn't know anything. Look, look, I. I get being a manager and not being like overly analytic. That's that's okay, but like, dude, it's almost like Mike McCarthy being the Cowboys uh, coach, and like he said, he got like a Pro Football Focus subscription. You know, and it's just like, yeah, dude, it, oh, you, you don't know no. shit. You know, like the, these old time managers, these guys just. <sighs> Are we complaining about Aaron Boone like? only looking at numbers and not being yeah. able to like look at the game and be like, hey, you know what? This dude's chugging pretty good. I'm going to leave him out there for one more batter, even though the numbers tell me not to. Like, I feel like I wonder can, if the White Sox are... The dead opposite of that. Well, yeah. well, what if they're just trying to catch lightning in the bottle, right? I mean, yeah. what if they're looking at what Dusty yeah. Baker did in Houston? I, I know they, they were under 500, but they made it within like five or six outs of making it to the World Series, right? And c- capping off... You know, 
tied for the greatest comeback in Major League Baseball postseason history. Uh, maybe they're looking at that and say, yeah, maybe old guys can figure it out. Let's just give this a shot, right? Dusty I mean, did it. I know that's not Dusty, as talented of a roster, but still. Dusty Baker and his one vote for manager of the year is like his one point. I actually, it's not even that they're not as talented. They definitely are as talented as, as the Astros at this point. Yeah, like definitely. Dusty's been managing. Dusty's been managing still and has had, had yeah. although he's he hasn't cons- had he's teams consistently that managed had, for the last few years. Yeah, like he hasn't had teams that have won the World Series, but he still has been putting up like ninety win teams. Like, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I just think it's fun. It's one thing if you want to be like Dusty hadn't hadn't been a manager in in three years before he got hired this past season. Right? Yeah, three years. That's not nine years. Yeah, Uh, it's. I think I just think my my opinion. Joe Joe Girardi hadn't been a manager in two in two years, and he still got hired. You can't really make that case for like two, three years is a big gap. But if someone, if you're, you have Larusa who had a nine year gap plus is seventy six years old, that's significant. And look at Girardi. Girardi was on MLB Network when he wasn't managing. He was yeah, still he was around the game. That means something. Like Tony Larusa was probably on his couch, like you know, watching beers, like going out really, and drinking beers was. and then driving. You know, like it's for what he was doing. I just, I just think if. Like Andrew, in terms of your lightning in a bottle thing, I just don't think. I think they've already put too many factors against that. At, in terms of just like strictly in clubhouse, like in house stuff, it's like you have the culture of your players. You have, you know, they're all of approximately a certain age. They play a certain way, and you hired a manager who is openly outspoken against that. Who pretty clearly seems to believe a lot of some, you know, in a lot of opposite off the field things. And it's one thing if it's like everyone else, everyone else in baseball, like just shitting on you being like, Oh, it's not going to happen. And I think it's totally different. And what is more likely to happen is just that they all hate each other in the clubhouse. See, I'm looking at this and then the more I think about it, the more I realized that we, that we missed, I mean, he was, um, in the front office with what the Diamondbacks and the White Sox. And he was actually been an assistant GM to Dave Dombrowski as recently as like 2017 with the Red Sox. So it's not like he's been away from the game. So maybe, yeah, maybe, we're, has, maybe we're not giving him enough credit for being assistant. I mean, what... interacting with players in that time though. True. But at least you would think that he's had conversations and starts to understand well, had you know, the new wave of the game, the analytics, the exit velocity. I mean, the it's player it's development one thing stuff. to, be the assistant it's totally different to be making those decisions and i think also just in terms of like um like i don't know i i I had it and i lost it i just think it's it's totally it's totally different actually when you yeah it, it catches up to you sometimes clearly um it's 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 just different when you're when you're in charge and um yeah, I lost it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right, so yeah, that'll probably do it for us. Went with a little longer, as usual, but that's all right. We'll pr- definitely do some more free agent episodes. Do some more. Do some more Yankee talk, right? When we get news, but there really just hasn't been much happening. It's probably going to be a quiet off season for the most part. I feel like there'll be you know a few windows here and there where it gets really crazy, but yeah, for Luigi, for Andrew, for Alex. For G, this was the Bronx Bomber Ballad Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.